Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's talk BC budget. 90 minutes ago, Finance Minister Katrina Conroy rose in the legislature and highlighted a budget big on spending with a focus on health care, affordability, and budget deficits. This year's budget will improve health care, build more homes, help with rising costs, and make our communities safer. Budget 2023 will continue our work to build a stronger, cleaner economy for everyone right across our province. Mr. Speaker, these uncertain times require careful, thoughtful action. Action that addresses the uncertainty ahead while moving us forward on long-standing priorities like reconciliation, climate change, and tackling global inflation. Action is what British Columbians want from their government. Now, the budget for 2023-2024 is projecting more than a $4 billion deficit. Uh, the government has also projected additional deficits of $3.7 billion in 2024-2025 and $3 billion uh, for 2025-2026. There's also $8.7 billion directed towards program spending. We'll get into some of those specifics uh, later in the show. And over $37 billion over the next three years will be earmarked to build new schools, hospitals and highways and housing. Still, Mr. Speaker, new pressures coming out of the pandemic have left too many people struggling to find a decent home, even if they earn a good income. That needs to change, and it will. This year's budget will invest $4.2 billion to deliver homes of all kinds for all British Columbians. That was Finance Minister Katrina Conroy speaking about 90 minutes ago. Well, joining us now to talk about uh, the budget and the deficit spending uh, to be expected over the next three years is Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Bridget, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jeff. Uh, Your thoughts first and foremost in regards to uh, a budget that seems to be a desire of this government to continue to spend and continue to spend big in this post-pandemic environment. Well, as you might remember from previous years, the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade takes an overall look at the budget and gives it a, a letter grade um, as a report card. And so this year we're giving it a C minus. And we look particularly at three areas. So tax competitiveness, fiscal prudence and economic vision. You know, it really seemed that business was missing from the equation this year. There is a lack of economic strategy to attract investment and to increase competitiveness and innovation capacity. Our members have been telling us for months that they need some relief, that the cost of doing business is too high. And what we saw in this budget is a massive increase in the carbon tax. And on specific measures like the employer's health tax, no change to that. And that is a significant cost for employers, $2.7 billion a year. Yes, you know, we did see uh, the budget did deliver on some needed investments that address some social gaps and skills training. But you really have to put that together with the necessary investments to increase competitiveness. And that's what ensures a stronger economy. Mm -hmm. Now, the government is forecasting the economy to slow to about 0.4% 
in 2023, mm-hmm. a significant slowdown, down from down from uh, 2.8%. Uh, the GDP goes up to 1.5% in 2024, 2.4% in 2025. So one would argue, could argue, that look, uh, right now, things aren't looking very good when it comes to economic growth. Uh, British Columbians are hurting with high inflation uh, challenges, housing and rent costs are still very high, that the government at this point is running deficits to help those very people. What do you say to that argument? Well, we did see deficits that were fairly in line with expectation. You know, what we look at around investments in business, and I just spoke about our concerns there, but another area that we're trying to get some more information on and take a close look at is the increasing number of funds that are set aside in contingency funds. So about $16.7 million over three years amounts to contingency funds. And that spending, as you well know, Jazz, that mm-hmm. can be done with a lack of transparency, a lack of accountability, and really a lack of full oversight. So we could very well um, be sitting in the same place this next year as we were this year, where there's just, uh, you know, government is trying to get some money off the books and not really understanding where those public dollars are going to. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the carbon tax. Uh, it's going mm-hmm. up to $65 per tonne on April 1st. Uh, the yeah. forecast... Uh, to end of 2030, I believe the tax hits $170 per ton. Now, this may sound like some foreign language that I'm speaking. What that essentially means is when people gas up today, 11 cents per liter goes towards this carbon tax. If it continues to go up at the rate it's going up, it'll be 30 cents a liter carbon tax in 2030. Um, it used to be revenue neutral. It's not now. What do you think needs to happen with the carbon tax? Is it a question of just stop, slow down, and wait for other jurisdictions to catch up? Or, or do you just want to see it gone? Well, I think there's a couple of things that you need to look at here. One is that this is required by the federal government, so every province is going to have to do this. One of the things that uh, stood out for us in looking at the budget today is that the government appears to be retaining a total of over $400 million from the carbon tax revenues over two years towards general government revenues. So, again, you know, there's a question about transparency and about accountability. And make no mistake that the increase in carbon tax, this is going to be difficult, especially for small and medium businesses. And these are the businesses that need the relief most of all. Uh, Are we beginning a new cycle of big spending, deficit spending, NDP budgets in your mind? I mean, this is the old, uh, some would argue, this is the classic NDP budget. Are we heading in that direction? This is a big spend budget. Um, One of the things that we are looking towards with some optimism is the future skills plan. And so we know that that's coming out in the spring. And we hope that we're going to see some dollars, and I think it's about $480 million over three years. And so that Future Ready Plan will include some funding for small and medium businesses. Uh, we have um, earlier in February delivered our own report on the challenges that are, um, every employer is facing when it comes to retaining and attracting talent. And so we have been advocating to the government that they need to be taking action to really help employers attract and retain talent. And so this Future Ready Plan will be really important to understand how those dollars are going to be spent, whether they are incentives for employers to allow for extra skilling of their employees, whether there is going to be some relief for small and medium businesses, particularly on that. So we're looking forward to that this spring with some optimism. And, you know, to be fair, we do need um, investments in some of these areas where there have been social gaps on health and mental health. But at the same time, as I said, you know, to be able to 
do those investments and to still invest in ensuring that we have a competitive jurisdiction and that the cost of business is doing low so we can attract uh, investment into a region. You have to do both to make sure it's a thriving economy. And this budget simply doesn't do that. No one's against building new schools, hospitals and highways. It looks like a capital budget of $37 billion over the next three years. Uh, in the context of deficit spending, is this a good and is this good news for you or is this the wrong way to head in regards to uh, this is not affordable at this time? Well, capital spending is important and it's going to create jobs where we are concerned is where are these people coming from? We know we already have about 150,000 job openings. And I think the government has own forecast is saying one million job openings in the next decade. So our question again is, you know, what is going to be done to ensure that we're attracting retaining talent? It's not just about ensuring that there are people to hire. It's making sure that you have an attractive jurisdiction so we can, it's a global uh, competition for talent. So we have to make sure that British Columbia is a place where people want to work and live and play. And, you know, that's why competitiveness is so important. So capital infrastructure, capital projects and infrastructure is important, but you have to have the people that can work on these projects. And I am worried that we're not creating the conditions uh, for people to want to come to be able to stay here, given the affordability issues that families are facing and the affordability issues that businesses are facing. Bridget, thank you for your time today. Thanks so much, Jeff.